Hey everyone, it's David Duchovny. Do you ever feel like a failure? Trust me, I get it. Hell, I've spent my whole life almost feeling like a failure. It's appropriate though, because on Fail Better, my new podcast with Lemonada Media, exploring the world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives is the whole point. Each week I'll chat with artists, athletes, actors, and experts about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, I hope we can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out on May 7th, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the dough, where Cash is queen and we hardly know her, but we're still here figuring her out together because y'all, season two is here. Hosted every week by me, X Maya. Remember me? I'm going to be talking to all types of people about their relationship to money. I'm talking to reality stars, entrepreneurs, financial experts, and even some of my own friends. Basically, anyone who will get real with me about their dollars, how they make money, how they spend it, and how they save it. Because I'm trying to retire early, people. Season two of The Dough is out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Lemonada. I'm Kiki Monique, and this is I'm Sorry, a podcast about apologies. And this week, I think I've been convinced to try a blueberry bagel. Oh, that's amazing. This is Mohanad El Sheikhi, and I am 6'7 this week. Wow, Mohanad. And my name is Oha Lopez, and I cannot wait to go home and listen to St. Vincent tonight. And you have a very sexy voice today. I oh, love yeah, it. Honey. I'm recovering <laughs> from an endless, endless vocal problem. Which, honestly, for a person who loves to talk a lot, torture. <laughs> I love it. I love it. You know what else I love is uh, talking about Chrissy Teigen. I can't <laughs> <Great> stop. Great segue. <laughs> <Kiki>. Excellent. <laughs> love it. I can't stop talking about her. And I mean, you know, admit it. Like, love her or hate her, she is fascinating, right? Like, she is this exemplification of, like, the higher you rise, the harder you fall. I mean she had basically become her own personal empire. And so, of course, I started Googling empires, thinking about, you know, the rise and fall of Chrissy. And the first thing that popped up was this line that said, all empires think they're special, but all empires eventually come to an end. And I thought it was so fitting for Chrissy, right? Uh, I mean, that sounds very smart. Uh, I wish I said it. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I wish I had said it too. Honestly, out of context, I would have thought like, oh, God, it's about America. And isn't Chrissy, <laughs> isn't Chrissy America? Isn't, doesn't she just represent everything um, good and bad and what we love and hate about this place? Wow. D- this podcast, we have apologies and metaphors. And metaphors Anything you baby. want. We have everything. <laughs> So it seemed like it was only a matter of time, obviously, mm-hmm. before she had a downfall. Because, you know, these golden ages only last but so long. Absolutely. I think what really, what really like, took her down, I, I wouldn't even say took her down, but, like, started the backlash is the pandemic. Because, like, you had so many people 
who were bored at home doing nothing. And also, you know, like people lost their jobs and like people are going, like people are really going through it. And then you have someone tweet something like, hey, has anyone uh, ever uh, spent so much money on something like they did not know was worth that much? For example, $13,000 for a bottle of wine. And everyone was just like, okay, we we don't like this. Uh, We don't like you anymore. I'm surprised there was such backlash about that particular tweet. Like, yes, okay, no, none of us have ever gone into a restaurant and accidentally ordered a $13,000 bottle of wine. However... There's a reason I watch Real Housewives, right? It's mm-hmm. not because I want to see them in a one-bedroom studio with a cat hair-covered couch. I want to see fabulousness. And that's the same yeah. reason I was, you know, fo- I follow Chrissy. I think this is really fun because I do think that we talk about relatability as this, like, like if you don't have... It is a currency of this way of, like, can people identify with you? Yeah. And yeah. I don't know if celebrities can always ride that wave. Like, sometimes you have to be one or the other. And I think mm-hmm. Chrissy is somebody who presents, like, a relatability. And so when that cracks and when we see kind of, like, what she actually is, yeah. which is, you know, like a coastal elite. Uh, you know, I love that term, by the way. Coastal elites is my new favorite two words put together <laughs> of 2020 and 2021. Um, but I do think that you start to like when we get in a glimpse into the fact that she actually does kind of live that way. I think people get pissed off. But um, I do wonder, um, you know, if the pandemic, what you were saying, Mahanad, is is really what galvanized that because the whole Alice and yeah. Roman thing happened like May of 2020, which is mm-hmm. right as the pandemic actually like hits and we're all stuck in our houses. So um, we just had a lot of time to pay attention to these people. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't have cared about any of this. uh, Like if it wasn't for the pandemic, I was literally just, I was, I was discovering new people to be upset about (laughs) because I had nothing else going on. I was like, I'm going to read all about you tonight just so I can justify how upset I am at you. Well, yeah. And if we look at this, you know, Chrissy Teigen through this like anthropological lens, right? There's two events that I think set her downfall in motion. The first being the Allison Roman saga. Mm -hmm. And then the second being the Courtney Stodden sort of backlash. And so, and it's funny that you say that because Allison Roman... I had no idea who she was before any of this drama. And somehow I came to hate this woman based solely on the fact that Chrissy, who is, you know, now titled the clapback queen, has made it so. So what what was the Allison Roman stuff? Can you? So, you know, basically Allison, you know, she is a, a New York Times columnist and I think she's written some cookbooks and you know I think she's really popular with home chefs Mm -hmm. who want to make these really fancy dishes but in easy approachable ways like that's my understanding of who Allison Roman is yeah she's like the modest mouse of of cooking she's like you know like young indie kids are like wow i can make a caramelized shallot pasta from what i have in my house she's just a very i'll be honest just easy listening you know what i mean yeah that's what it sounds like and so 
she had gone to do, this is the funniest part of it. She had gone to just do this really softball interview with uh, something called New Consumer, which I don't know if anyone has ever heard of. And it was really just to like talk about this uh, collab she was doing for these limited edition vintage spoons. And it was really just to promote (laughs) this spoon line, right? And so while she's promoting these clearly very necessary spoons, she starts criticizing Marie Kondo, who, you know, that's like, get rid of it if it doesn't make you happy that, you know, that Mm -hmm. woman. And Chrissy for being sellouts um, because they leverage their popularity to sell goods, which is very ironic. By the way, unprompted. Like, nobody, like, brought them into the conversation. She done dragged those women from from the nothingness of that interview into the interview. So just as a heads up, Allison. Yeah, I think it was one of those things where you, like, you think no one was going to, like, read or listen to the interview. Uh, Well, she's talking like a non-famous person. Exactly. Exactly. So, you know, so she basically is criticizing them. And then like the worst part of the interview, I think the the part that really stood out to people is at one point she seemed to mock uh, Marie's accent. Now, she later denied that in the interview said, you know, that didn't happen. But the way she sort of positioned the words, it, it sounded like she was mocking her Asian accent. And I think the interviewer then even later it got cut out of the article because when people tried to find it later, it wasn't there. And they were like, you're mm. trying to cover it up. So... There was this backlash of, you know, why are you putting down these women? Why are you putting down these women of color, especially Mm -hmm. when, you know, in this lifestyle field, so many white, so many white women, so many white men do the same thing, use their fame to, you know, sell products and you're not calling them out. And so... Chrissy decides to, you know, go on this series of tweets, tweeting at Allison, basically disappointed in her, you know, like I followed your recipes. I followed you for years. I was a part of the executive producing team that was, she was, I guess, producing a cooking show and and Chrissy was part of the producing team for that. Oh, damn. Um, Okay. I didn't even know that. Yeah. And basically was like, you know, I guess we should unfollow each other now. Which, of course, then all of a sudden now Allison is feeling the heat. Now she's pissed off Chrissy and nobody yeah. wants to be on Chrissy's bad side. It's so it's so wild because like, I, I see a lot of like articles and stuff like that where they're like, so-and-so unfollowed each other. And that's how you know they like broke up or like are not friends anymore. I just, I don't think I really think about that when I have an argument with anyone. I'm like, mm-hmm, well, guess what? It's time to and follow. I'll be honest, I unfollow people for no reason at all. I'm like, you know what? I'm tired of seeing your face. I unfollowed my best friend because for like, and I still loved her. I'm We were in no fight whatsoever. I was like, I just can't look at you right now. I'll just unfollow, <laughs> send a message and follow them back up or mute them a couple months later. So I will take a step back if I need to. So go, Allison. Can't believe that now I have to wake up every morning and go look through my followers to see if you're there or not. <laughs> I know, right? Like if I see Oha's unfollowed, I will be like, what did I do? But maybe nothing. Maybe nothing. she just didn't like what I was talking about that day. It can be nothing or everything. So Absolutely. thank you for a, a new thing to be anxious about, Oha. <laughs> yes, thank you. So, you know, Chrissy does this sort of, sort of four-part tweet to her. Allison, mm-hmm. you know, responds. And then Allison comes back with, like, a more lengthy response that she had. She spent the weekend really, you know, writing down all of her thoughts. 
Now, mind you, again, this is in May. This is May 11th of 2020. So this is prior to the huge summer, you know, social justice movement that's coming, right? Like that happened basically May 31st. So what I will say I'm very impressed by in Allison's response is her use of these words that I didn't see a lot of white women using to like after blackout day, mm-hmm. you know, this like understanding of privilege and, you know, her insecurities and, you know, putting down, you know, uh, POC. And just like she used a lot of language that I thought was she had basically she had a really good team that was like had <laughs> sensitivity training and knew the yeah. words she should use, which, again, I'm just impressed by based on the dates, because most people I feel like didn't start using those words until a few weeks later. I remember something about I think she said something about that being blind to racial insensitivities was a discriminatory luxury. I remember getting stuck on that line specifically because it is, I mean, it it makes perfect sense, but it is a nice little mouthful of words that definitely, I think, hit the core of what a lot of people were talking about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I personally think it's a great apology because like she basically what she done is like she acknowledged what she did. She did not center herself. She centered the other people that she like came after and then even explained how she's like gonna get better because like a lot of people were just like i will do better like going forward i'm like what does that mean like give me like something actionable so for me i I thought it was a great apology even though i've read some of the replies under it and some people were not impressed because i guess like some people are not impressed by anything they're like (laughs) oh so now this is like hurting your pocket and money you're you're apologizing first of all yes of course. Like, yeah, I want to protect my job. So what? Also, all humans, it's very rare the human who can just like magically go like, oh, I've made a mistake and I must then contend with it. Usually you need pressure. And whether or not that pressure is from like somebody that you love telling you that they're disappointed or you losing something that was important to you, whether it's somebody's trust or you know, I don't know, the ability to have a column in the New York Times. Um, I I do think that that is how all humans come to some kind of understanding with a new person is there's consequences. And when you feel them, that's when you do something about it. So yeah, I also agree. Whenever I see that on a comment, I'm like, bro, that is the thing. You're literally complaining about the process that we're putting this person through, basically. Exactly. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I will say I'm disappointed in myself because I didn't take the time when she issued this apology to really read her apology. Because again, I didn't know her. I just knew time to hate on her. And that's what I did. Right. And if I had really taken the time in that moment to read her apology, I was like, this is one of the most sincerest apologies I've seen in, in all the apologies I've seen over the last, you know, several years. So um, I thought that was awesome, actually. And then Chrissy does sort of re-respond to Allison's apology and sort of is just kind of being like, I understand, like, I'm glad you understand. And like, you know, I just want you to know it's it's hard out there. That's kind of the sentiment I'm getting. But the one thing that really stood out, because it was really mm-hmm. foreshadowing, I felt like, is one mm-hmm. of the responses said, I often comment about how I wish I could get away with what I used to now. But the truth is, I don't. I've learned a fuck ton from my years being watched and read, and I can really say it makes you a better person. It makes you think about the impact of what you say, 
who it might hurt. Oh, my God. I mean, literally, she's saying this as like the Courtney Stodden thing is rearing its ugly head and she doesn't even realize it. Yeah. It's bubbling. I think I think it's also like sometimes like this stuff I feel like is subconscious. Like you know in the back of your brain there is something and this is you defending your future self as well. I will say that whole thing I wish I could get away with what I used to get away with. Like well, that's kind of gnarly you guys. Like yeah. I I'm questioning I was like what what does that mean to her? Like does she kind of want to be nasty and she wants to say what she wants to say without, you know, getting canceled, maybe a little. But I will say, I mean, you guys have friends. You have close friends. Of course you do because you're great, popular, hot people. But what I'm saying is, I mean, I talk shit, you guys. Like, I oh, go yeah. to my circle of trust. I talk so much shit. I say nasty, stupid things. And then I go back with my pristine face in public. And I talk shit about all sorts of things. I Part of me is like, you know what? I think everybody's on a journey. And then the other part of me is like, oh, they're doing that wrong. You know, and those two things are constantly yeah. fighting each other. But that's what group chats are for, though. Yes, like, yes, for yes. me to talk my shit. Like, I do talk a lot of shit, too. Like, like I would say 90% of my time I really spend, like, that's what I enjoy the most. <laughs> it's, it's a hobby at this point. <laughs> Uh, but the thing is like when you take it to public and you're like actually like making sure that people this is about seeing them like I don't want to hurt these people or their feelings that's why I'm doing it where they never see it but I think talking shit is also like processing kind of and like going through all of your like worst most basic thoughts before then you go and say something online that you can stand by you know that is like more aligned with like your values or like the person that you wish you were, the person that you want to be. Yes. And I, it kind of sounds like Chrissy wants to not have to worry about those values as much. It looks like Chrissy exactly. wants to just talk shit when she wants to talk shit. But that is something that we get that celebrities don't get. A group chat? <laughs> yes. Hi, I'm June Diane Raphael. And I'm Jessica St. Clair. And each week we are sitting down to talk all about life's twists, turns, and absurdities on The Deep Dive. From exploring the depths of TikTok, which is our only news source, to navigating the complexities of grief and loss, we are just two best friends behind a mic processing life together. This podcast is all about finding the silver linings in the madness. So get ready for unfiltered conversations about motherhood, careers, pop culture, and everything in between. Here at The Deep Dive, we're all about community. We believe in the power of sharing experiences and the strength that comes from supporting one another. And we would love to have you with us. So be sure to join us every Wednesday on The Deep Dive from Lemonada Media, wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. After season one aired, I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. 
Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. And of course, my 90-year-old mom, Judy. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me Season 2 is out now from Lemonada Media. Once this Allison Roman thing happens, you know, she has to actually go private for like the first time because it does start bringing out a lot of like the super haters and the trolls yeah. and like the crazy QAnon people. And like she kind of has to go private because people are attacking her. And Meanwhile, then- Marie Kondo is like in a corner, <laughs> oh, yeah. dead silent. Like Why? she's like, I have no comment. No comment <laughs> at all. <laughs> So she goes private, and then this is around the time that she has to, you know, delete all of these tweets. Because she has been saying a lot of insane things, and people are now pulling them out. And a lot of them are, like, making her look super creepy, and Mm -hmm. some of them are just like, you said what? And so she really has to start protecting herself in this moment. I think at this point, too, she's like doing all this Trump stuff, right? And talking all this shit to Trump. So I'm guessing she's getting some proud boy action, a little bit of trolling QAnon action. She's getting some our country's foremost crazies, basically. Our our top notch. Yeah. Yeah. The best and worst thing that happened to her was like becoming public enemy number one to Trump. Because like, I don't know, we look at it as like, yes, he hates you. Awesome. But then the people who really love him are like, no. And they're going to attack, which is pretty much what they did. Yeah. I think it's a a weird choice to go private when you have like 13 million followers. This is like uh, leaving the door open and you just like put a chair in front of it and like no one walks in. Like, yeah, I can, I can, yeah, well, okay. I also, to your point about the QAnon people and all of that, I think they really make it so hard to talk shit about people or to hate people because they ruin everything. Because they will have to bring their conspiracy theories to it. Because, like, if someone does not like Chrissy, it's because of some of her tweets or stuff she said. And then they come in and then they're like, yeah, and she flew with Jeffrey Epstein. And you're like, well, I don't know about that. Yeah. That's that's a you thing. Yeah. Don't get me into this. Absolutely not. I can't this. be on your team. No, at yeah, all. Yeah, and they start, like, saying, like, a lot of racist stuff. I'm like, well, not on the same page here. We're, like, really talking really mild stuff. And you're just... <laughs> doing hate speech yeah so and just imagine like thing. a crew of uh, like uh, you at the forefront going like chrissy you kind of suck and like i don't like you today you're doing a bad job and behind you there's a bunch of guys that are like killer killer and you're like no no i'm not with these guys i got my exactly. own <laughs> i got my own we're doing something different so yeah so she starts getting a lot of hate she has to like you know delete sixty thousand tweets she has to block over a million twitter accounts which you know i guess there's just some app that does that i don't know yeah um but then you know she ends up um losing a pregnancy she was pregnant Mm. and she posts a picture um of her in the hospital and the world sort of like mourns for her right yeah i feel like we all are back on chrissy's side at this point because she was really vulnerable in that moment Mm -hmm. you know like she has lost this pregnancy she is 
you know, sharing it with the world. Some people are also saying that she's oversharing. But again, this is Chrissy's trademark is like being relatable. Like she wants, if she has to tell a story that even touches one person, I do think that that is important to her. And so I think that we all rally around her once again. And I think she's like in a better place. Yeah, I definitely, like when I was hearing about the stuff that she was putting out on the on the miscarriage, I was like, this feels like, an important thing for people to hear. And I feel like women's issues a lot of times get sort of like thrown in the TMI area when in fact they're like pretty common and things that people should probably be talking Mm -hmm. more about. So, you know, when I saw that it was happening, I mean, I was like, okay, this is the focus. Like this is, this is Chrissy's like, maybe for me, it was like, this is her next evolution is she's going to have like a platform for specific things. And these are the things that she's going to talk about versus Mm -hmm. um, kind of exclusively being clapback queen. I was like, she's going to move more into this sort of like advocacy activism, which I feel like a lot of people are doing. So, but yeah, it it kind of didn't quite go that way. Huh? No, it didn't really go that way um, because, you know, Courtney Stodden, was kind of like, "Mm, I'm still not feeling you. Yeah. You know, and just some clarification for people who may not know, Courtney did come out as non-binary. So Mm -hmm. they and them are their pronouns and that's how we will be referring to them. But Courtney basically comes out and calls Chrissy a hypocrite because Chrissy has to, she decides to leave Twitter once again. She's like, yeah. All of this is too much for me. I have to say goodbye. This it's, you know, this no longer serves me positively. It serves me negatively. My life goal is to make people happy and she has to leave. And Courtney ends up tweeting, Chrissy Teigen is leaving Twitter. It's too negative for her. Hashtag Chrissy Teigen, hashtag bully. And so Courtney ends up going and doing a interview where mm-hmm. they said that Chrissy, not only, you know, this was during in 2011 and 2012 when Courtney was 16 years old. Now, mind you, Courtney was 16 years old. They had married a 50-year-old man. And they said that Chrissy would publicly attack them on Twitter and also privately DM them, telling them to kill themselves. What a very normal thing to do and say to someone, especially like a teen at that point. Like how old she was she? Like at sixteen. Courtney was sixteen, yeah. and Chrissy was twenty six at this time. Yeah, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Like you should know what you're doing when you're twenty six years old, and I don't think it's acceptable at any age to to tell anyone to kill themselves. I feel like that's very very extreme. Like you should. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. A lot of the tweets were, you know, the tweets that we saw were like, my Friday fantasy, you, dirt nat, mm, baby. So she was even playful about the way she wanted her to off herself, which was also super creepy. Yeah. I, I really wonder what the um, what the deal is with people telling people to go kill themselves. Like, I wonder what that, like, specifically that idea like provides in terms of of control or power over somebody else because you can tell somebody that they're a fat bitch you can tell them that their bangs suck like you can i'm sorry those those are all about me by the way but uh <laughs> no what i'm saying is like what i wonder what specifically it is about the kill yourself part that feels like so much control for the person who's actually telling the other person to do that 
I don't know if there's a worse troll level. Like I don't, I can't think of literally yeah. anything worse to say to somebody than that. See, for me, it's like the way it's said because I'd be lying if I said that I haven't had road rage and rolled down my window and told someone to fuck off and die. I have absolutely said that to someone, but to me, it's how it's said. And I know yeah. that you may be like semantics, but like I do, like I know I've said that to someone, not in the way of like actually kill yourself. It was just a way of cussing someone out. Yeah. But the the way she did it was not, in that manner at all. Absolutely. Also, like to tell it to someone who is 16 and this is someone who like clearly needs help and is young. And yeah. if, if someone like, like, like who's f- extremely famous comes to you as a, like a child basically and is like, kill yourself, there's a high chance that person would actually do it. So maybe you shouldn't be saying it. Like the context matters. Yeah, I just don't think, I mean, I know personally, I didn't see Courtney as a victim yeah. at the time they were famous. And so I know probably a lot of people who were commenting, even Chrissy Teigen, they were just another media sensation that we got to make fun of. I mean, if you go back and look at some of the articles, some of the videos, you know, she went on the Dr. Drew show and to prove they didn't have breast implants, Dr. Drew is giving them a breast exam on live television, a 17-year-old girl. Sorry. Okay. I'm going to apologize to Courtney right now because I am not meaning to misgender you. I am just a human and I am getting better Every day, I apologize. I'm saying that. I'm sorry right now. First, okay. first apology. Um, we all owe it. I think we've all done it. Oh, God. It's so crazy because I, you know, a lot of times when people say like things are is the worst that they've ever been, I'm like, well, it was worse than <laughs> it was. It was worse than and it's better now. And I, I do think we just didn't have the like. Um, it wasn't in the zeitgeist. Me Too hadn't happened. George Floyd hadn't happened. There's all these things that have to like galvanize public thought so that we all we all are aware of the shit that's happening. And with Courtney in particular, I mean, I remember she came out not too long. I think at some point at the beginning of 2020, just it was like April. Yes, and and basically saying like they were groomed to be a child bride that and, and now mm-hmm. California specifically has a yeah. law that says the minors cannot marry. It doesn't matter who approves it or who doesn't approve it. If you're under 18, you just can't do it. And so I, I do think that there's, there's so many different factors into play coming here, which is, I didn't know what the word grooming was in 2011. I had no idea what that meant. I had no idea that there was like a media cycle that basically like chewed women up and spit them out and that I was a part of it. I mean, I think at that point I was probably still slut shaming other people and myself. So I guarantee you at that point in 2011, I thought Courtney Stodden was like a growth, like attention whore. And that's probably the word that I would have used at that point in my life. Mm -hmm. And I don't think I had the foresight to really understand that there was anything strange going on. And so I think Chrissy feels like super emboldened, I think at this point by that structure. Like what she's saying is not coming in a vacuum. It's coming in through like, 
kind of what everybody else is sort of saying. But if yeah. you're an edgelord, you're going to say what they're saying to the fullest extent. And you're going to say it publicly. So she issues, you know, this four part, I guess, statement apology on Twitter. Again, her apologies are very long winded. But when something, you know, this is a big deal. And I feel like when something is this big a deal, you meet with your team and make sure, you know, all your I's and are dotted and your T's are crossed. And one of the major T's that needed to be crossed was she needed to make sure she had unblocked Courtney at this point because, you know, yeah. she says, you know, I've tried to connect with Courtney privately, um, but I also want to publicly apologize. To which Courtney then has to respond, well, I actually haven't been reached out in private by anyone in her camp. But also, if, you know, you want me to see this, uh, maybe unblock me because I there's how am I supposed to see this apology if if you have me blocked you, you know I'm sure she didn't realize it but she should have at least just taken the time to like mm. do that yes so somebody is lying like that's what's happening right <laughs> exactly here. that was a lie there is a yeah. lie happening and we I mean we don't have to be the make the judgment call because who the hell are we to make the judgment call but let's make a judgment call like what do you guys think like do you think that Chrissy did reach out to Courtney do you think that Chrissy did not I don't think she did really I mean I feel like it's one of those things because like even if you know you you made a mistake you're like what if I reach out will that start the whole thing because now there will be screenshots there's no evidence of me acknowledging that I've done something wrong because sometimes like part of you and I feel like that's everyone like like including myself like you do something bad and you're like maybe if I just don't talk about it it will disappear. And sometimes it is big, sometimes it's small. You, so you never you never know. I what if uh, she sent her like an edible arrangement and she just never got it. True, I got it by mistake. <laughs> so <laughs> it was good. <laughs> so, you know, Chrissy issues this apology. Courtney kind of says like, "Okay, great. I accept it, but like I don't really yeah. feel like Courtney's really feeling it." Um, but that doesn't really stop the bleed because uh, Chrissy, the cookware line is both from Macy's. Um, she had just started this, like, I think cleaning supply line with Chris Jenner. She has to, like, step away from that. She, like, leaves a voiceover role uh, for a Netflix show she was doing with Mindy Kaling. And so she's still losing all of the partnerships. Yeah. So I think she maybe thought the apology would save some of that, but... No, I mean, it's yeah. it kind of gone a little bit too far, I think. Yeah, which, by the way, I watched the Never Have I Ever, which is the show that she got booted off of in lieu of uh, Gigi Hadid took over that role. Can I tell you guys something? Chrissy was perfect for that role. Oh, Chrissy was too bad. perfect for that role. I'm sorry I'm focusing on the wrong thing. I love casting. No, that's, I think it's you, no there's, there's never the right a wrong thing. thing to focus on. These are all the right things. You yeah. know, as I was watching it, I, I genuinely like thought to myself like Chrissy has a true talent which is like we love her for being like a version of herself online you know and she is somebody that we aspire to be that we can relate to and so that's why this 
kind of like I was a Chrissy Teigen fan. I was also an Allison Roman fan. So I feel like I keep getting batted down by these extremely <laughs> talented, shitty women. And then I'm like, maybe I'm an extremely talented, shitty woman. I could only <laughs> aspire. I can only aspire to be as human and idiotic as, as they have been, basically. As one extremely talented shitty woman, I can confirm that you probably too yeah. are extremely talented shitty woman. So. Yeah, doesn't relate to me. Uh, I'm just a very good person. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So I mean, uh, I accept you though, both of you. Thank you. One of the problems I had with like leading the Chrissy charge is. It was being led by Candace Owens, who is somebody that I just, I hate follow a lot of people. The level at which I despise this woman, I can't even hate follow her because it's like, uh, it's too much. And so the fact that she's the one really pushing to get Chrissy canceled is making me want to side with Chrissy even more. So I really feel in the middle because I'm like, Chrissy did something wrong, but I don't want to side. <laughs> it feels like, again, siding with the QAnon people. Like when, you know, they start bringing up all these tweets. I don't want to be on your side. I want to be on my own side, which is right, but it's not your side. I'm mad at you for yeah. all the right reasons, but they're mad at you for all <laughs> the wrong reasons. Can I tell you something that makes me feel the same way? My stepdad loves that this happened to Chrissy. Loves that Chrissy. My dad, my stepdad is a very nice man, but is very very conservative and um every time i bring up that i'm that we're talking about chrissy this smile cracks on his face you guys and it pisses me off i'm like you're not allowed to talk like that about our chrissy only we're allowed to talk like that about our chrissy and i do have a feeling that it's like if you love these people it's like you feel like you have the right version of justice for them and yeah. that other people's version of justice or what they deserve is the incorrect or it's too much or it's not enough. And um, so true. I wonder. See, that's the thing because like, I don't think I understand sometimes how invested people get into these things. Like, yes, read about them, have like a, like a full knowledge of the situation or, or, or whatever. But like, can there someone like, yes, let's go and cancel Chrissy Teigen. And it's just like, no, like someone like me, if I don't like Chrissy's content or I don't want to see her on my screen, I'll either unfollow or block her. And I don't have to deal with anything she says again. It's that simple. And I do that with everyone. But for some people, they're like, no, I will not rest until this person is gone. <laughs> I'm like, I don't really care that much. I, I have myself to focus on. Yeah, like the fervor of Liam Neeson trying to recover a, like a woman in his life. <laughs> Do you ever get hit with a cringy memory of your 13-year-old self out of nowhere and suddenly you're panic sweating and laughing at the same time? Don't, don't worry, don't worry. We all get that. It's because being an adolescent is one of the most visceral shared experiences we have as people. And we want to talk about it. Join me, Penn Badgley, and my two friends, Nava and Sophie, on Podcrushed as we interview celebrity guests about the joys and horrors of being a teenager and how those moments made them who they are today. New episodes of Podcrushed are out now wherever you get your podcasts. 
Can't get enough of your favorite Lemonada Media podcasts? By subscribing to Lemonada Premium today, you'll gain access to fun and inspiring bonus content from all of our podcasts across the Lemonada Media network. As a subscriber, you can listen to never-before-heard interview excerpts between Julia Louis-Dreyfus and her A-plus guests on Wiser Than Me, laugh along with Elise Myers as she and her guests play a rapid-fire questions game on Funny Cause It's True, and continue to uncover new ways to make life suck less through our exclusive subscriber audio. Check out a free trial of Lemonada Premium today in the Apple Podcast app by clicking on our podcast logo and then the subscribe button. So, look, we're at the downfall of Chrissy. Chrissy has pretty much hit rock bottom, I think, in a sense, where she is now. She has been posting, you know, kind of random things here and there. And then, you know, she went on to post about wanting to, like, organize this cancel club because she's sitting at home alone, kind of not knowing what to do with herself. Okay, who's the president? Who's the VP? I call treasurer Kathy Griffin. That's who I've <laughs> decided is the is the treasurer. I don't know why. She seems like she'd be good with money. You know, Oha, I think in part one, you had mentioned this quote that really was also foreshadowing of like Chrissy feeling like she she knew the canceling was coming. Yeah, yeah. I. Um, it's really good that you bring that up. What she said was, it's almost like the more things you do, the closer you're getting canceled. And it's so scary to me to have the world turn on you and hate you. This is her worst nightmare. It's the worst thing that can possibly happen to her. Yes, she has money. Yes, she has a beautiful family life and she's mm. successful. But this is the thing, you know, feeling ostracized when so much of your value is coming from the way that other people look at you. And uh, not to mention, too, that I, mean, I think we've established that Chrissy is like obsessed. She can't get away from social media. This is her like this is where she gets her value. And that is her job. And the fact that she's fallen so far um, and that obviously she's truly going crazy online. Like, and it's yeah. in very soft ways, but you can tell that she's like going through it, you know? Yeah. No, I really think that public shaming is probably the worst thing that can happen to someone. It's especially when you feel like, like a large group of people just extremely hate you. And, you know, like as someone who does stand up, I thrive on people liking my stuff and liking me personally. And even if one person like literally just like comments or says something about me, it just lives in my head rent free forever. Even if there are like so many positive things, this is the only thing I would focus on. So to have like at least, let's say, a hundred thousand people just saying, I hate you, you suck, this is bad. And just like over and like also, we don't see her DMs. Maybe it's, things are even worse there. So I'd say, yes, people like do take it too much. And I, like no one wants to be hated. Like no one wants to be treated that way, no matter what we think they've done. Like unless they've done like something like a terrible crime or something where they like actually hurt someone and like. But, need to I be mean, taken like, away from society or something like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, sometimes I think I'm like, okay, what's the next step? Like, what is what is it that people want here? Like, what's. Yeah. I feel, I, to me, I feel like she's been through enough and <laughs> that should be it. I felt so bad for like her, like her last IG story. I felt really bad for her because she, you know, first she put the little dog filter on because I think she was just feeling sad and wanted to look yeah. cute. She has this little dog filter been on. Been there, done that, honey. <laughs> and she's basically like, 
you know, look, like no matter what I do, everything I say online, like there's just people that are attacking me. She's like, I could go onto a friend's page who has a really nice outfit and say you look pretty. And it's just like, attack, attack, attack. If I leave a comment underneath somebody's photo, even if it's nice, you look great. I love this outfit. People get all sorts of mad because I am alive. You know, I guess I didn't realize that people were still spending their time, like, attacking every little thing she did. But like you said, Mohanad, like, when you have 13 million followers, even if 10%, even if 1% of them decide they want to attack you all the time, that's thousands of people every day. I wonder what part of, like, the human brain that attacks in the sense of, like, do you guys know the Maslow's motivation model? I know this is going to sound so nerdy, but it's it's basically, like, what human beings are motivated by and what um, – he put out a book called Motivation and Personality. And basically what he talks about is, like, what human beings feel like they need to survive. And, like, your physiological needs are first. So, like, food and having a place to poop that isn't where you sleep. Like, very specific, like, things or ways to take care of ourselves. And safety. And our third one, which is the one that's right above being safe and being healthy, is belonging and kind of, like, love needs. And I think that being ostracized is, like, in our primitive, like, lizard brains is literally telling us, you're not going to make it, buddy. Like, you're not going to get out of this cave and you're not going to make it without us. And so I think there's definitely a part of our brains that is, like, particularly inflamed by being disliked or by being generally hated. And that's not something you can pay your way out of. It's not something that your close circle of friends can like talk you out of it out of it not happening like she is physically feeling the repercussions of what she's done but so did courtney yeah courtney yeah. also felt those things and making space for both of those people is is very important and not to get too deep but sometimes i feel like also this this says a lot about like american culture as well because it's not just human beings i feel like there's part of this culture that is very obsessed with punishment and revenge and we see that a lot where you like you really want to come after someone until you destroy them whether that be like the legal system or just like even like foreign policy or just like citizens themselves like you just i don't know i think there's a like a lot of like lack of empathy that people don't realize. And revenge, we've even made it like a fun way. I mean, Khloe Kardashian had a show called Revenge Body, which was just focused on people getting hot so that they could show off to their exes. So like revenge in all ways, you're right. Like we just, we think about it a yeah, lot. It's, it, yeah, it's it's not about like redemption or like how we make something good or like how we make that person like get better or something yeah like no like like i mean like you know like we're just like even the legal system or whatever like, like let's lock someone up and have them disappear and i don't care if they get better i just want to see them punished and yeah. i feel like that on a smaller level we do that with people as well we were like no 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 this is not about you becoming a better person this is about me seeing you suffer because that makes me feel better mm-hmm. it's definitely this is the harder work i think to have the conversation and actually figure out whether or not that person is on the path, you know? And mm-hmm. I'm glad that I have you guys to talk about it with. 
<laughs> We're going to lead you down the wrong path. I will, <laughs> I will not stray, honey. I will, at the end of this, I'm going to be like, you know what? It's fine. We should banish them from this country. Oh, wait, that's called deportation. That already exists. <laughs> you can't do it to American citizens. Too bad. Just joking. Is Chrissy truly canceled or is she just, you know, taking a break? You know, I did. Look, I did a little poll on my IG stories just to see. I wanted to get feel the temperature of what mm-hmm. people out there were feeling. And I asked them, like, you know, do you think Chrissy should be banished forever or do you like a redemption story? And overwhelmingly, it was like 74% of people want to see her come back. I I really don't think she is canceled. Like, I don't know if that really, that term really means anything anymore because it just has so many definitions and people just apply it to into like so many different situations. So it lost its meaning. Plus, I feel like if, it, I mean, she did, she didn't do a crime at the end of the day. Like she, she's not, she's not being punished by the system or like in the legal system or something. She's, she's still rich. She's still famous. She still has access to all of these luxuries. And if she chooses to come back or like keep posting or whatever, she has what, 13 million followers. 13 million people are not angry at her. Like I would say it's a small percentage of people just like, who are like very loud uh, they're like disdain against her so it feels like i mean 13 million even if you have like ten thousand people who are angry at you that's a lot of people to you you feel like everyone is angry at you i do not like her content that much i'm just not gonna like i'm not gonna interact with it it's so easy i feel like people should do this this is not me saying chrissy is good or bad i'm just like if you don't like it just unfollow and she'll be gone that's it it's so simple I think there is a bit of a canceling because while mm-hmm. she won't be canceled, like she'll be fine. She'll be rich. She'll be, you know, successful in other ways. Absolutely. But I think what I'm going to miss is the clapback queen era. Because, yeah. You know, honestly, to me, I always looked at getting clapped back by Chrissy almost as like a badge of honor. Like I didn't really want to get clapped back on, but I, like, I remember one of my friends you know, he, well, he said something rude and he just, he absolutely deserved her to come at him and she clapped back on him. And I just remember being so, I felt like tangentially cooler by being friends with someone who got clapped back on by Chrissy. I would show that thread to anyone who would look at it. So I guess I just miss, I think that part is canceled. I don't think that part will come back. Yeah. And for that, I'm sad yeah. because I, I liked that fun side of her. I really she's did. She's not like a carefree young girl in a sundress anymore. Now she's like a, she's got some some history and some past and we're going to have to decide whether or not we're cool with that. And so will brands. So will things that she wants to do. So will movie opportunities. And I think it's going to be a long time before we see her kind of come back into a more of like a invited on Ellen to chit chat kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, I think that <laughs> to be fair, that show is canceled. <laughs> that show is canceled. <laughs> like um, by, <laughs> so uh, we, yeah, we can't I'm sorry, do it. Uh, about that. And, <laughs> and I mean, like I said, like so, so many people like Chrissy Teigen, they like to like her content. She does, she does put everything out there like bad or good. And people sometimes, you know, appreciate that like they can connect with it 
like when she lost her child and like she posted about it. I'm sure that was like for a lot of people that was something that they can connect with. That doesn't go away. I think you're right. It's like yeah. the connection you feel to the people that you care about and why you care about them is that doesn't go away. Mahanad, I'm glad you've unfollowed her. I have not yet, but um, maybe I'll, I'll take your advice right now. Just take a break because you know I will. Yeah, just take a break. Yeah, or just go on Instagram. People are nicer there. It's like an alt crowd at a an alt <laughs> comedy show. Exactly, exactly. No, Twitter is a, is, a, is a hellhole. No one should be there. I am there all the time because uh, I am myself worst enemy yeah well i love sorting through this with you guys i feel like i know more how i feel about it after talking yeah. about it this is this is therapy this is the only therapy i do one down you know six billion more to go <laughs> <laughs> it never stops i'm sorry is a lemonada media original the show is produced by alex mccohen supervising producer is chrissy pease our executive producers are Stephanie Whittles-Wax and Jessica Cordova-Kramer. Our mix is by Kat Yor, and theme music was composed by Xander Singh. If you like this show, please rate and review. And please don't cancel us. You can find out more about our show at Lemonada Media on all social platforms or follow us on Instagram at I'm sorry underscore podcast. We'll be back next week. And until then, be nice, play fair, and always say I'm sorry. Thanks for listening. Hey, friends, it's Megan Trainer And her big bro, Ryan Trainer And her husband, Daryl Sabara. Each week on our podcast, Working On It, we share behind-the-scenes stories and bring you into our hilarious and heartfelt conversations, and sometimes with amazing guests. We tackle everything from navigating Hollywood to mental health to Megan becoming a mother, Daryl becoming a father, and so much more. We'll get into the nitty-gritty of our lives and leave no detail behind. Prepare to laugh, cry, and hopefully learn something new. Listen to new episodes out every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. Feeling decision fatigue about what to make for dinner? We get it. I'm Jane Black. And I'm Liz Dunn. We're veteran food journalists, and as parents ourselves, we know how hard it can be to feed your family. That's why we created Pressure Cooker, a podcast that offers practical strategies for navigating the marketing madness and cultural expectations around mealtime. Each week, we'll check in with the experts. From social media diet trends to baby-led weaning and AI meal planning, we have all your food-related questions covered. Listen to Pressure Cooker wherever you get your podcasts.